So Jamie Belissa Carroll is my second longest friend in history. 25 years we've been friends. She's with me for this special edition of The Rant. And in our 25 years, we have a reoccurring conversation about relationships. Yes. And their significance, how important they are to your holistic life, how are they survivable, frankly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that our opinions have changed over time. But let me first say how grateful I am to have been a part of those conversations over the last 25 years. Right. These are some seriously thought-provoking ideas. And as we've gotten older, I think that we have solidified our opinions in different ways. Yes. And I think it has been a continual learning experience and one that I'm very, very fortunate. Well, you sound like a politician now. So, like, let's get real. No, but for real. I'm but serious. I, so, I'm 43. I'm And gay. And you are? 43 and straight. And I am, I've been single most of my life. My longest relationships after having a girlfriend in college, which I don't even know if you can count college relationships, but some people get married out of them. I think you can count that. I, okay. I had a four-year relationship with college, but after that, there were seven months with gay men. You. I've never been single ever, not since I was 15 years old. So the debate we're going to have is being single versus being in a relationship and the virtues and what would you call it? Not the negatives, the, um, the, the virtues of being in a relationship and single versus the. The pitfalls. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. The challenges. The, yeah, the advantages and disadvantages okay. is a different way to say it. Yes. So as I have gotten older, and look, I'm still open-minded. If, if there's someone I could meet that blew me away, I'm 43 today. Let's say I lived to 80. Could I be with that person another 30 seven years and never have any intimacy with anyone else and just live with that person? It's possible. I think that's an unlikely scenario for me. But for you, I think that is the goal. With some caveats. So, as But you are mar married, so yes. you chose well, till death am, do us part. I am divorced and remarried. Right. Which is a completely what? different thing, I believe, than being married the first time. Okay. So I think that one of the things that you said is that we have to talk about is how you structure a marriage. And to me, I diversify my marriage, my relationships, like I diversify my portfolio. No one is your everything. And you should not expect that. And Dave, so many times I feel like we've had this discussion. You go into relationships, could this person be my everything? No, that's a horrible expectation. No, I don't go in that. I don't go in that. That's I don't go in that everything. I go in, I want, I have like five boxes. I need that. I need someone what to check three. What are your five boxes? I think you need to be sexually attracted i think you need to have the emotional iq that that evens up that that you, you're on the same wavelength emotionally for your needs and that means independence you get each other's space but you get it when you know you understand when you need someone versus when you don't um you know intellectual is another box i think you don't have to i'm a political reporter and somebody doesn't have to geek out on politics but I need some level of connection where we can talk about, you know, people in DC are like, oh, everyone talks about work. Well, work is a big part of my life and a big part of everyone's life. You should care about what someone does when they're, they're spending most of their time doing something. 
yeah, that's going to be part of their life. People are like, oh, it's all about work. It's not. I have a, a lot of other interests, music, travel, like a lot of other things that I care about. But work is a big part of it. So sure, there's going to have to be some intellectual IQ. And then I think the independence one, which I would take out of the emotional one on second thought and put it into its own box. I'm very independent. I need my time. I'm going to need my time with friends. Can I go away? I mean, part of this, we talked about this before. Heterosexual partners, and a lot of homosexuals, because now we're, we're mirroring you guys, because now we got the marriage and everything. They have to do everything together. And what happens when you get into a heterosexual, or sorry, a, a relationship, even if it's not monogamous, you lose friends because you put your whole life into one single person. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very dangerous algorithm. So when you expect your marriage and your partner to be your everything and you will be their everything, first of all, it's unrealistic. Secondly, but I they just- they have to be 80% of your thing. Um, Where, where are you getting this? this well, summer? it's, you live, you live together. You go to sure. most, do you ever go to a meal alone without Andy? Sure, with my friends. Okay, but rarely. Okay. Like how often? Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, right? You're going with saying. Andy. Okay. Like couples go out with couples. You don't, when you're single, you do everything. The, the, the joy of being single, the thing that I love is that every day I can choose to do whatever I want without checking in with anyone. I see other people in relationships. I know them, many of them are my close friends. They're checking in if they make a bowel movement. If they, <laughs> no, if they oh, I mean, if they go no, out for a couple don't. hours, their girls text. What do you do? What's they got to respond? Some are not, but it's very rare. There are some couples that do it. Chrissy, mm-hmm. my good friend, who I think we're going to see soon. Mm-hmm. You're who love you her. love. I think the world. I think I admire her relationship. She's got a lot of independence embedded into it. She can have a she- night out without her husband. Her husband can have a night out. There's trust. They, they can go for it. Not a lot of other relationships I see. It's like we're together you have or to you're staying home. You intentionally build it that way. So as a third grade teacher, I will tell you that I have crafted my relationship very much like I craft a lesson plan. I think about the having the end in mind, throwback to Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, thank you. Um, what do I want to see as the end result? And then let's build it from there. And I will tell you, I love my husband. He is handsome and he is funny. Great guy, he, Andy. He does not know. And he's a great guy. But I love to talk about politics and history, and I will call you for that because he doesn't know the GDP from an IPA, and that's okay. That's one of the things. That's all right. <laughs> you use that um, I love that you saved that line. But, this is so good. But it's, it's true, GDP. and it's okay because someone GDP is not your everything. I am not his golf partner. That's fine. I don't know about wine, and he does. Oh. And he can talk to I'm the people some about right now. wine. And his bourbon cellar and whatever. And I'm going to call you when I want to talk about politics. And I'm going to call my friend Jenna when I want to talk about parenting. And I'm, I I have diversified my relationship. So I think that's okay. And I think that's really important. And I think that maybe that is the new wave. Like the new marriage looks a little bit more like that than it did in 1950. Absolutely. And we're not talking about 1950s because we know like I mean, like, I think most our parents had horrific marriages because like, that was it. Would they, it was just like women are independent now; they can make their own money. They, a lot of mo- most instances, they're making more money. They don't need a man; they're waiting later. Let me ask you this question because you said something important in the beginning. You have never been single. Never. 
So you have a yearning to be in a relationship. Why do you have a yearning? Why couldn't you take a year in your life? Because you got married pretty early the mm -hmm. first time. The first time I got married at 24. I was, you were, you've been, you were married so long ago that I was straight with my girlfriend at your first <laughs> wedding. That's how long yes. ago you were married the first time. I've been married. So been you don't think you got married too early? Um... Cause you got married how old 25 I was 20 i had just turned 24. you're 24. yeah so that should be illegal i i had but i had been i was an old 24. i've been working right. a salaried job for three years i had graduated college early i had had my first apartment i was established i was i mean there, there were a lot of things i was already doing like that maybe i shouldn't have been doing but um you know, I should have probably taken a gap year and let it come. But down you, a you bit. something about you said, I want to get married. Definitely. So, I want a relationship with another person for the rest of my life, yeah, conceivably. So, so two so two reasons. One, my parents, um, respectfully, are a hot mess. My parents have been divorced and remarried to each other three times. Um, is it is it a leap year? Are they I, I gotta I got look. I um, <laughs> currently, they are married. I, I I think it's I think it's every leap year on the leap year. Um, but to me, that was when I was younger. I saw it kind of as a testament to they keep trying, right? And as I got older, I realized like this is absolutely ridiculous and and not what I want at all. Um, they were kind of volatile. My parents had gotten married extremely young, right. and there was a lot of volatility. So the one thing I did not want was volatility. Right. And when I when I met um, my first husband, he was, his family was very calm and very chill. Stab and stability. Everything was very different than my family. I remember the first dinner I went to at his house, he said, his mother said, pardon my reach when she went over my arm to get the salt shaker. <laughs> you never shaker. heard that in your house. And I was like, oh my, <laughs> these people are fancy. And I thought it was so refined. And you're from Ohio, so we should tell. lovely, should, yes. You're I from Ohio, from, so I'm people are the, nicer. I'm from the border of Ohio and West Virginia. I am a fourth generation coal miner's daughter. Um, and it was, it was just very different to hear something like that. My house, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of angst all the time yeah. um so to hear that felt very you wanted the opposite of how you grew up it felt that very seems refined. like a natural it felt, it felt very organized and i liked that because i thought oh these people like have it together what i found out eventually was they were no less dysfunctional than my family it was it just, just hit it better it was just under rug swept yeah. right and 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 I say that respectfully. Every family has their problems. Everybody's got their shit. Absolutely. But but, but on Instagram, it, you never see it on they, Instagram they or can, Facebook. And and you know, research has shown us that if avoiders get together, which I feel that my husband's parents were both avoiders. If avoiders get together, what is an avoider? I don't even know. I've avoider is a person who is is does not like to engage in conflict. So if you have two people no, who no. feel the same way about that, avoiders can have long lasting marriages that may not be plentiful and rewarding, but are very even keeled. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. Um, my parents being very volatile people, they felt the need to blow up their relationship and restart it over and over again, because that's what felt loving to them. So that's one reason. Secondly, um, I just, I feel like I'm an external processor. That's the other reason that I feel like I flourish in a relationship because I want to narrate life and I want to point out things and I want to. You want to bring someone else along for the ride yes, in your life. Yes, yes, yes. I, I but mean, here's what, but, but sorry to interrupt, but I think another reason that you wanted to get married, knowing you so well, 
because I think this is the forefront of your life, is you wanted children. Yes. And you are a super mom. You are. Thank you. That's very kind. A, the, like top mom status, like up where I would, my mom and, and you. And Chrissy. Truly. And Chrissy. Very kind. There's, I mean, a couple women that just put all of their, all into it. And it's, I, it's hard for me to understand the sacrifice and the self selflessness because I am, I am selfish. So to see selflessness <laughs> for other people, which is also why I'm single, but you know, you have three young, beautiful girls who are going to be incredible women. And so just to go back to the point of why I think a big part of why you got married is you wanted a partner to produce children with. Yes. Whereas that's where the divide comes with me. I, not breaking any news here, cannot reproduce as of today. Mm -hmm. And I never had an instinct to, even when I was dating a straight girl or a girl, <laughs> when I was a straight person, whatever construct we call that, I never had the yearning to reproduce where I do think a lot of my straight friends are just like, I want babies. I want three kids. I mean, Matt, like Jason, a lot of my good friends, they want to produce babies. Mm. I never had that. That was probably an inclination. I was homosexual I think because I liked the sex part. Wasn't as much into the diapers, wiping butts, and raising them through I think until they're 18. Point. So growing up, I graduated high school in 1997. It wasn't really an option yet to – it wasn't really socially accepted to um, plan to have babies and not plan to get married. So right. uh, you got to get married to have kids. That's kind of which how is it, why heterosexuals kind of get felt. married. That's kind of how it felt. But honestly, I can remember even being young and being like, "Ugh, like I really want to have kids," and I guess how that means I have to get married. Like the wanting kids was a hundred percent. Yes, but the getting married was not a hundred percent. Exactly. Yes. You I, wanted to be a mom, but not be a wife. Right. But the, the wife was the gateway. So right. I felt like that was a have to. And I also felt like once I had, had met my first husband, um, you know, of course I liked him. Of course I felt like there were a lot of boxes that were checked on paper. I felt like we were a wonderful marriage resume. Um, and I did not think he was the kind of person who would have three kids and not get married. Yeah. So it was part of the deal. It was a package deal. Right. But now you're in your second marriage and yes. you decided. So, Never I mean, just, to be, be. just to be candid, though. So you decided to get out of a marriage. Yes. But you decided to hop back into something very quickly. You did not. You did not take a year, take a time. Well, it was, it was three. It was. Well, but you started. Four years in between. But you didn't date anyone else except your the, your current no, husband. No, I didn't. I didn't. You is... didn't like play the field. I mean, some people they're like, "Oh, I've been in a marriage for 15, 20 years. Now I'm going to I'm going to play the field for a bit. I'm going to date a bunch of guys." You dated yeah. one person. I lucked out though. I never, I never had to. No, use a I dating... think you just zoned in. And you're like, "Here we go." <laughs> I never because had to use... you are a relationship person. I never had to use a dating app. I never had to ever think about it. Um, no, you didn't want to, well, Jamie. Let's God, be honest. No, let's be honest. Lucky, let's not Dave. rein it in for the podcast. David, we <laughs> met through mutual friends, and so we already had the same You told girl. me you did never. You're like, I'm not doing the dating apps. I'm not doing I, it, which I get. They're I, terrible. I, 
but I never intended. I was not a person who ever thought I would be divorced. I returned the cart to the cart corral. I pay my taxes in February. Oh, I am a rules-based, for the most part, person. And I never thought I would be divorced ever, ever, ever. And deciding to get divorced was, of course, horribly difficult. Um, and when it became a marriage that I would not want for my girls was when that was the straw that yeah, broke the camel's back dead. and that was it. Um, but then getting remarried, you know, every person who gets divorced says never again. You really do. You say never again. Um, and most of the time, I think people mean it for quite some time and they have lots of reasons to mean it. And it was four years, almost five. Uh, between my divorce and getting remarried, which I don't know. I don't know what the textbook says is a reasonable amount of time. I don't know what the right formula is, but it felt okay. Um, I felt like it was the right time. And so far, the one takeaway I can say is that I've done a lot of learning in between. I did a lot of research in between. I really did some soul calisthenics as to what happened the first time. How no, you do, you've thought time. about this a lot, which oh, is why we talk lot. about it. Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like work. Effort, yes. Relationships should be effort. See, I always think. Well, I hear this that relationships are work, and that you can't. You have to put in work for it to work. Well, that's what I thought. That's and you, thought. you're telling me, oh, it should be effortless. Not effortless, but it's, it's effortless. but it, but it, but it, but it shouldn't be a job. Effort. Not Whereas work. the time you put in, sort of doing the small little things. We talked about the article in the Atlantic about the guy who got divorced over the dish in the sink. Yes. Well, it and was how you think that that resonated with you, right? Absolutely. So yes, his because story. the small things add up, and that's why relationships disintegrate. Um. They can. So that story was about a cup on the side of the sink that he had used repeatedly through the day and sat down next to the sink. And his wife was always frustrated that he didn't put it in the dishwasher or clean the cup or put it away. It was in a purgatory of sorts on the side of the sink. Um, and that seems so mundane. But eventually to her, that became representative of his disrespect for her. That she wanted things cleaned up. Yeah. And he continually said, no, this is silly. You're being silly. And he goes on to equate that later to if a child has a monster under the bed and the child says, hey, I think there's a monster under my bed. Please come and, and check and make me feel better. And the child is obviously scared. Are you going to say, no, you're stupid. There's no monster under your bed. Go to sleep. What does that do? Then that kid immediately trusts you less than they did before that experience. Well, because you're lying to them. Well, no, you're not validating their point. You're not validating their fear. Even though you don't agree with what they're afraid of, you have to validate their experience. That a monster's on the bed? You have to lie to kids. No, you have – no, Dave. You Which have is to why come there's in. Santa Claus and Easter and like, we just <laughs> no. do it. It's all lies. No. <laughs> and then you're like – you oh my God, actually, life me, is terror. If you gave me a polygraph, I would, it would probably show I still believe in Santa. But if you <laughs> if you went to this kid and you said, you know, and, and he explains it in great detail. And he says, you know, if I had changed my approach and said, I don't think there's a monster under your bed. But I'm sorry that you feel scared because being scared is a horrible emotion. And I'm here with you and I'm right next door and you know where to find me anytime you're scared. There would be comfort in that and there would be trust in that. And instead, this child would think, okay, my dad gets it and understands me instead of my dad doesn't understand and I can't trust my dad with this fear. 
I think that marriages have the same dynamic that even if you disagree with that person's problem, you you can't just toss it aside. You can't just just, just dismiss it because that breeds resentment. That breeds distrust, and eventually those are the things that destroy a marriage. So let me ask you this. Counterpoint as someone who's single and taking this the singlehood stance here. If you had means to do it, would you have kids, raise them yourself, and not tie yourself to one partner in – this is a utopian world and or maybe have a partner for 10 years and say you know what we've grown apart and not force it because i think what happens in marriage is it's just easier to stay together a lot of times it's easier to stay the job you're in than to move jobs or it's easier to stay the home you're in than to move across the country and start a better life so what i find in relationships is it just people get complacent and it's just easier and frankly i think relationships i should have probably said this at the top i also think like Marriage and relationships are inherently a financial agreement. People do better when you have two incomes. You, I mean, the government re- rewards it. I mean, this is what the woman in the podcast, the Atlantic podcast that we, I should cite this because this podcast is very good. Um, it's called How to Start Over, the Atlantic. And the podcast is when partnership is not the destination. And they have a woman on there talking about how, you know, it's a, a lot of it is financial mm-hmm. and you know, now it's a little bit of different calculation for, for folks, for women. They don't, they don't need, they're making their own money. They're, they're, they're financially independent, but in, in a, in a utopian world, isn't it just about for you, for a lot of people reproducing, planting your seed, producing, <laughs> children for the Um, next generation and then once they're done well it it depends and and i i think this comes back to a a really important point on expectation and shared expectation i felt like my first husband and i were decent as a couple um i was pretty independent he was pretty independent so the kids ruined it. it no not exactly um but the set of expectations with kids was completely different. What I thought a father should be, what I thought a family should be, what I thought family time should look like, how I thought our family should be structured was probably completely different than what he thought. I assumed that we thought the same thing. So having very clear expectations from the beginning, hey, I think a Saturday with your children looks like this. Right, but I people think change. There's no way like this. There's no way when you're 24 you have the same answer to that when you're 34 or you're 44 or you're 54. Saturdays, Tuesdays, everything. I mean, people people don't change, but circumstances do and I think kids do. So if you have a kid at 34, your Saturdays is probably at the soccer field or at the swimming pool or in a stroller depending on what age they are. When I was 34, I'm like drinking with friends, spending $150 on dinner and going to a nightclub. (laughs) And that's, you know, there's also a freedom part of this. And this is where I think like props to the moms out there. Jamie being a mom, super mom, my mom, like the selflessness. I think like women have this. I don't think men do, but I think this is, this I will say is a reason for marriage. 
to keep the culture intact. Because if men were just running around without women to say, you need to come home, <laughs> men would just be out drinking and doing cocaine. Really? And I think, I think a lot a- of men would be. If, but the only thing that brings them home is the wife and the kid. You are talking about men. They're like, not going you home. You are talking about men like, like cave people. Dude. It's, I don't think they that's are. Right we are animals. I don't think that's And right. women soften it up. Now, if we had a culture where like, Everyone's just running around doing that. It doesn't <laughs> sustain itself. And no, I get I, that. I That's what gay men do I for the most that, part. I think. <laughs> I mean, half joking, not all, really always. They live independent. They do what they want. They don't care. They go out. They get drunk. They can get high. They have no responsibility. They have money. Uh, okay, by doing married that, guys got to go home. You are really invalidating men, though, by doing that. You are really taking no, away. No, don't say. Okay. I, being, no, I do you think. You know that's true. I do think that women have this really unique way of steering men. Um, I've seen men steered different ways by different yes. women. I think that is definitely it's the a power thing. of the pussy. Okay, that's a little. It's extreme. the power of the pussy. It's true, David. It's totally true, and well, it can be used for good or evil because no, I've I think it's good. I think ways. culture will probably unravel, but I just think <laughs> if you didn't have that, that's why I understand like. I just think for homosexuals, there's not that. You, that's why you know, there's no pull away from the party. There's no woman there's to say let's of- go home. There's no children to say we got to get fed. They got to get put to bed. But there are gay men are running around without a lot of responsibility. Well, look, some of them are in relationships, but knowing a lot of them, they're in open relationships, so they can uh, now. Do you, could you be in an open relationship? I don't know many straight women that could be in an open relationship. Many traditional heterosexuals, they have no idea what a gay relationship no, is like. No, but you are you are really denying some. I mean, there are a plethora of there are gay some people men. who are raising children. Yes, there are, but that doesn't mean they're not open or weren't open at some point in their oh, in their life. That would be an interesting statistic. I would want to. Well, we don't know the statistics, but like I know a lot of gay men. I don't know that many gay men, even though I'm gay. I know a good amount. Most of them have been in a relationship or an open relationship at some point, if not currently. And some of them have children. No, I think children settles you down. If you have children, that settles you down. But this gets back to the main point, sort of the center where I want to center this conversation. I think the point of marriage and really the only point of marriage is to have children and to raise okay. healthy Okay, thriving so, the next generation. And if you don't have that, what's the point? Could, would you be married if you weren't going to have kids? Okay, so that that's it. That's a really good point. So let me ask you a question. So do you see relationships any differently? Do you see a different category when they have children and they don't? So, yes. Okay, so like Goldie, Goldie Hawn, right? Well, like, celebrities, you can't. I mean, like, I'm not. I can't use that as an example. You can. You can. This is a free flow. But I just think, like, celebrities, since they have unlimited means, it's a little different. Okay. If you can have 14 nannies, I think that's. I don't, but use the example. Go. Go with it. Well, so she has. She has been in a partnership yes. for a very, very long time, and they just never decided to get married. But that's children, the goal. They didn't. But they didn't officially get married. Does but that why mean? get married? Because, well, your point is, if you are having children, then a marriage needs to happen. Well, okay. So I think a partnership needs to happen if you're going to have children. You probably shouldn't be having kids 
with just one parent because it's really tough. I don't even believe that. I think a lot of people that are raised with single parents can thrive. So I don't even, it's obviously better to have two people, but there's tons of examples of people that thrive with one. I just think biologically, a man and a woman need to get together, have to have sex to have kids. And I think a lot of it's religion. And, and then I would say after reproduction, the main reason is tradition and religion. People were kind of like sheep. Nobody really paves their own way. Everyone sees what their parents did. They either want to do it a different way or they follow the yellow brick road. And they're like, what do they say? Go to college. Get a get married. Oh, I did that. Get a dog. I checked every- And then get kids. I checked- And no one really veers from the- It's like, this is what- happiness is and i'm just saying yes for me is what and i've thought about this a lot obviously i think the homosexual thing drove me away from that but i don't know if i was sorry the homosexual drove me from that i don't know if i was heterosexual if i would choose that path because you're out and p- pushing a stroller in your 30s absolutely as a man and that's like but do do you not see the reward in that do you not see I do see it, but I see a lot of pain along the way. <laughs> yeah. I see it with well. my niece. I see it with people. Of course, there's the beautiful baby pictures and you're, you're raising this new being. It's well, just, it's a lot. It's you, 20 years of you your ha- life. Yes, but you have to decide what's on your personal transcript. And for some people, you know, on your personal transcript, your class is to raise a family to do that selflessness to really get in it and feel it and right but what's the most important give. thing in your life your kids or your relationship my children of right. course and that i think is the the issue a lot of mothers they put their my mom did it too my mom would always put me and my brother before her, my, my dad and if you get away from the then why do you have the relationship why can't you go elsewhere Maybe meet like once your kids are raised. I mean, in ten years, your kids are going to be mostly raised. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, you're going to still have a lot of life ahead of you. You're happy with Andy, great. But like, at any point, would you say no? Now I can go, maybe meet a different partner later in life. It's not really in the cards for most married people because then it's just like I'm with this person. I think that happens forever. Look at at Alan Tipper Gore. I think that happens. I think that completely happens. I think that a lot of times yeah. people's identity becomes their children and the, the experiences they've had raising their children and then they're older and they're like, who the hell are you? I think that happens all the time. Should I get in a relationship? Yes. <laughs> yes, you I should. I need another glass of wine. As obviously. Should I pause this? No, 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 no. Okay. We're at 30 minutes. How are we doing? Is this entertaining? <laughs> I think you're going to ask me some questions. I think you need to ask me. I've asked you a lot. Do you have any questions for me? Like, challenge my theory. All right. I mean, you think I would be happier. In I, a, you know if what? I, I think Neil Patrick Harris just looks real happy, Dave. Yeah. Well, and, if I had his money. And I think that Anderson Cooper looks pretty darn From an average too. sitcom, I would be happy, too. I think Anderson Cooper looks happy as well. Well. Do you, I, mean, I mean. You don't know anything about their personal lives, whether they're open. And I bet you they might be. But I really feel like I've always said this. I've said this from the beginning. Parenthood is the great equalizer. It knocks you off your high horse. You have bar fall over you in the middle of the night. It is the great 
equalizer. And I don't think that that is a straight or a gay thing. I think it just is. Yeah, I don't. It's a thing I don't want. Okay, well, if you know that you don't, I don't want think it, I then want barf. Fine, that then that is not on your soul transcript. Right, that may not be a class that you are required to take for what you are trying to to but get. But you're to. talking about children. I'm just talking about a relationship. See, you always bring it back to childbearing, which I think is the instinct. But I'm trying to talk about. I'm not talking about whether to bring in kids. I don't know. Are but you the question expert? is, could you bring? I mean, I ask you this: Could you bring ch children into this world without? partners your first husband or your second i mean obviously someone sure. would, someone people have to do it. people do it all plant the, time. the seed but people do other it. than that people do it all the time and like you couldn't have done it but like financially can, could you have done it like I, emotionally it taken, could you it have done taken, it well it would have taken a lot more planning yeah um but i left my first marriage because i felt like if i'm going to be by myself i prefer to be alone so that's kind of a a, a difficult question because i feel like i have much more support now than right. I did initially. But I think that people do it all the time. I think it doesn't make it logistically harder, of course. But I think that there are people who can plan to do it, have the means to do it, and can do it exceptionally well and benefit from that as a person and their children are fine. I think that, you know, we, we really shouldn't pigeonhole how families look. There's a lot of different structures that work. Kids are really resilient. But they're mostly married with kids or you know on what? a second if marriage you with kids. Are, That's what it is. Kids want someone to play Uno with them and make them pancakes. And whoever's doing that, but, they're okay. going to be okay. Right. Can you play Uno? Do you know how to play Uno? I mean, Uno is pretty easy. I tried Trivial Pursuit. I that is hard. You, trivial you, Pursuit is hard. I will kick your ass at Trivial Pursuit. It's very difficult. Um, <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've gotten all my points because I don't think I have, but it's at 30. Do you th are you saying that straight people can raise children better than gay people? Is that what you're saying, David? No. I Well, they just have more practice at it. They've been doing it longer. Like gays are a little new to this. This is like the last decade for gays. And they're, they're, they're doing, I think gays can be fine at it, but I do think, I mean, here's what this, people Dude. are going to like this, but I think a mother is a mother is a mother. And like, there are, rarely amount of times when you're in pain and, and having a tough time where you scream daddy. Some people do it. I think there is, I think you scream mommy. And I think there is a mother thing. I mean, my brother, my brother has a four-year-old. He said this to me. He's like, there are certain moments. She's like, I can't do anything. Edie wants her mom. And I remember those moments. I wanted my mom. I think there's a nurturing thing to women. This is not like, I'm not trying to be sexist. I think there's some inherent traits to women for child raising. I'm not saying they should be home just raising kids, but I think there's an intrinsic, I think you're, if I, I had to pick, should, if I had to pick. I don't think we should say it that way. I don't think if I had to pick a mom or a dad, I could have one. Who am I going with? I don't think we should Going with my dad it. who doesn't know how to use a microwave or my mother who like wiped my ass, took me to swim practice and fed me every damn night. I'm I, taking option B. With complete respect to your dad, I think most men know how to use a microwave. <laughs> My dad's 80, but like, you know, he, different era. Now they do. Now dads are better. So like now if I was a kid, I don't know. Maybe I'd go with my dad. I think I'm still going with my mom. I think there's something intrinsic in mothers. And that's really I, I think important. So intrinsic and secure attachment. So if a child develops secure attachment with a caregiver, that's all you need. Yeah, if all you know is two men. I'm not saying gay men can't do it as well. I don't know if there's enough data on that yet they probably can there's probably a lot of nurturing men 
But I'm just saying I think a female touch is important when Listen, raising a kid. I have been – I'm from Appalachia. Huh? I've been to an Appalachian Walmart, and there's a lot of kids there that I would take out of their heterosexual family and give to a gay family, and I think it would be – Not okay. to me. I think you wouldn't okay. give them to me. You can play Uno and make pancakes. <laughs> you would be all right. I think it would be the best sitcom ever. I would love to just dump off like three kids with you and just watch you for the day. On a, I think it would be the greatest pitch for a reality show ever. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think it'd be tough, but I think I, like, I've sort of made a choice in my head. But again, if I met the right person, if I met someone that blew me away and I was obsessed with them and they wanted a kid. I would do it because I would do it for them. So fast forward in your mind, if that scenario occurred, do you feel like raising a child would be a rewarding experience for you? Is that something that, I mean, you've kind of seen firsthand with your brother. Is that something you would find rewarding or not? Well, it's a sacrifice. That's how I would first Why? Why are you saying it that way? Well, you have to change your entire life. My life, the way I live now, I travel the drop of the hat. I can go out when I want. No, it's, it's very independent. That's why part of me is independent. And why, like, that's the single dumb case where most people. A dog is a sacrifice. Relocating. For exactly. A job do you see is a dog a in here? And I love dogs. Do you see a dog running around? I haven't gotten one for that reason. It's all a sacrifice. Now, look, I'm going to be older. I'm going to become 50. I'm going to have to slow down. But I do think there's a thing about being independent, about choosing your friends, choosing who you want to be with. A relationship is an obligation of who you have to be with day in and day out. Pretty obligation much, is a really jaded word, don't you think? It's a little bit, it's a harsher word, but in the end it becomes, do I have to text this person or do I want to? Do I have to take them to the doctor appointment? I mean, the woman talked about it in the Atlantic podcast. When you're in a relationship and you have to go to the hospital, your partner has to take you. It's an obligation. When you're when you're a single person, you have to find someone who cares enough to do it because they love you, legitimately, not because you're the you're the you're the husband. Pick them up. It's your turn. Like, where are you? I would hope it's that it's an is, obligation. I would hope that whoever picks you up from the doctor's office from now until forever is someone who wants to do it and not because they feel right. Uh, well, it would be, that would be the only person because I don't have a partner. If you have a partner, they're obligated to do it. Well, they're obligated. They also want to. All right. So you're in a, a Friday night. You're like, Oh, I want to go to dinner. Uh, Andy. Uh, Andy's like, I don't want to go to dinner. Andy would never say that. Right. He always wants to go to dinner. Okay. Right. But, but that's also <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he's going to, if you want to go to dinner or if he wants to go to dinner, are you going to say, you know what? I don't want to go to dinner. I'm going to stay home and watch uh, reruns of the Fresh Prince Bel Air tonight. <laughs> like, no, you're going to fucking dinner because that's what relations are. You go to people. That's what part of a relationship is like having things no. to do with other people. I'm going to dinner. I'm going on, you know, what, what we're traveling together. Kind we're, of like communist block relationship have you been <laughs> you, in it? Like, I have not been in any. This is go like, look around. This is, this is not. No, I think you actually get a say. I don't. Of course, you get a say, but not really. <laughs> like not really. Like you're going to fucking. Hey, do you want to go to this wedding? Not really, but you're going. You know? Do you want to go to this PTA meeting? Nope. I want to sit home and fucking watch football. You're going. It's there's just that's probably that's a different example because it involves kids. But yeah. you know my point. 
Once you get in, you have to be pretty much all in. You don't get to freelance. Get to I get to say, you get, no, you, I don't want to go to fucking dinner with you. Listen to me. You because you're my friend be, and we'll do it next week. You get to be the master architect of your relationship. So whatever societal bounds you think are in place, toss them away. You get to decide this. You no, get to structure you're the this woman. You're, you I mean, no offense, but like you set the rules. The women set the rules. The men just follow. Like like babies, what, what? they look like they turn into babies when they get in relationships. Who are these people? Gotta ask her. Gotta ask her first. Gotta check in. Oh, I think that is absurd. no, 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 Jamie. Hey, so I text my brother. Hey, you want to go to Vegas for the weekend? He's got a four year old. You think okay, he just go? That's logistical. That's not. A you think power, he just go? That's not a power. No, he's got to ask somebody. He's got to ask permission. Dave, that's not a power dynamic. That's a logistical no, a problem. No, it's a it's a commitment to the one and only your relationship. Which is, has to be the first, second, and third. And that's why people in relationships lose friends and relationships. They only have the other, they only have their partner, their wife, or their husband. And if you know a lot of married people, no offense, they don't have a ton of friends. Okay. Okay, the so friends start to die away. If my friends start to die away, that would become a problem for me. Unless I was dating, you know, Tiger Woods. You know, or the guy we saw tonight at the DC mic who sang and he had a sexy ass voice. I, you know, yeah, we gotta give a shout. Me, there are probably a few people, but other than that, like you kind of like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to give something. You're giving up a lot. You give up a lot. You get so this depends on your not but kids don't go on. Don't don't tell me about the kids because kids are separate. You get a lot just out of the relationship. Okay, okay, let me tell you something. Let me tell you the, the moment that I decided to be in a relationship with what became my second husband, which makes me sound like Johnny Carson getting married five times. But, um, okay, so, or seven or whatever it was. We were on our way back from some event, and I was driving, and he was following behind me. And he called me and said, hey, Jamie, turn on your high beams. There's a lot of deer on this road. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I've been driving a while. Thanks. I was a little annoyed. And then um, he called back and was like, seriously, turn on your high beams. There's a lot of deer on this road. And I instantly just started crying. Like, wow. I had not had you a- you saw the deer. No, because I had never had, I didn't have a dad like that. I didn't, my first husband was not like that. I had never had someone- Care who really had my best interest at heart, like mm. really was looking out for me in the cold, hard world that I had someone looking out for me. There were deer on the road. Put your high beams on. Like, well, and this is. Oh, my gosh. That was so. Yes. Such a relief. And and I am an independent person and I am very gratified in being independent. And I, I respect and appreciate any woman who feels that way. But it was really a lovely experience to have that support. And that is the moment. I mean, I almost like pulled over. Like I remember getting kind of like teary eyed and like, wow, that's really nice to have someone looking out for me. Like he's really calling yeah, yeah, because he's just I concerned that. about me. I respect that. And I think women, part of the reason females want to get married is because they want comfort and security. I think that is a huge driving factor for women. I think for men, it's attractiveness. If we're being really now, this is a very broad generalization. Of course, there's some men that want security. Of course, there's some women that marry for trap. But I think women, I mean, just looking at the guys walking around DC, 
they're dating usually much more attractive women than they are. And the women, what are they getting? Someone who cares, someone who says, watch out for the deer. I'm going to protect. <laughs> no, it's truly women care about that. And, and like, but that's not what some men don't need to be, you know, men don't in the, and for the most part, they don't need to be protected. They want someone hot at their arm to go to dinner with and that they can communicate with obviously to some point, but like, it's usually about attraction for men. They want to Initially. be able to bed you. And for gay men, it's the same thing. That's why we're men. That's why you're women. We're different. And that's okay. Unofficially, I think you're oversimplifying. I am oversimplifying a bit, but not that much. You don't. You don't think that the need for you are. I feel an external processor. You don't want to have a partner to experience life with. To say, and I mean, not. I could. I. I'm totally open. And if anyone's listening, you know, you can reply to this email, and I'm taking applications for partners. It's just going to be a really tough. Tough row. It's, it's it's a tough to, interview, but I mean, don't you think as an external processor, you like to narrate life, you like to to live, to interact, and then absolutely. to reflect on the experience, absolutely, and see what you've learned. So that can be done by yourself, but I feel like it is a more beneficial experience with a partner. It doesn't have to be partnered. It can be your diversified group of friends. It can be what. No, but it's different when you come is. home with someone. Part of my thing is like I've yet to find someone that I like really want in my house all the time. I think I think Whoopi Goldberg said this, an incredible quote. They're like, "Why are you single?" She's like, "I don't want anyone else in my house." And I kind of get that. But I think as you get you know, older, like being you get a- even more narrow in your ideas about this because you've been by yourself so long yes. that now you I'm used to it. Cannot imagine yes. that being different. You're right. Correct. Well, I think that you should challenge that a little bit all right we're at 45 minutes so i want to wrap with lessons from marriage if anyone out there is because you're an expert in marriage i am not you are you're you know you're an expert um what are some lessons or advice you'd have to to a newlywed someone who's been married so someone who's married for a year or about to get married or embarking on this wonderful journey that most Americans. Number one, sink your expectations. That is not a good, that is not an uplifting No, I don't mean sink. Drop your expectations, folks. It's not good. No, I mean S-Y-N-C. I mean, take your expectations and calibrate them together. What are the things that you expect of this marriage? It's not going to be the all-encompassing safety net. You are my everything. Please don't do that. It's a recipe for disaster. What do you expect? I would love for young couples to sit down and for the wife to say, I think as a wife, I should blah, 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 blah. I think as a husband, you should. And write it down. Like actually do this. And then the reciprocal. And make sure that the ideas and values. Now you're giving homework assignments? Yes. Ideas and values and expectations that you have for each other are the same. When you decide to have children, go through it again. I think a father is. I think a mother is. I think a family is. And go through these expectations in exactly what you Think so that you can agree on them because disagreements start from misaligned expectations. That's the only place in wars, in 
families in any disagreement that ever was, it is fueled by misaligned expectations. All right. That's, That's it? One. That's huge. That's it? That's a big, big thing. All right. Um, you have two minutes. Okay. So that, and I would say find someone who, when you have a problem, it becomes their problem. That's the problem. What do that you mean? is the problem. What do you okay. Mean? No, you're right. You're right. You want to care enough to that their problem is your problem. I guess it depends on the problem. Like if they can't get an Uber home, that's your fucking problem. <laughs> okay. It shouldn't open up okay. by night. But if it's a big problem. But I, I have been very surprised in my second marriage that every time I have a problem, it seems to also become Andy's problem, which is so sweet. And I don't expect it ever. Right. Like That is what marriage My, my daughter was going to a dance competition and she lost a clip-on earring. And by the time that we like realized she had lost it and she needs to to perform the next day, Andy had already like Googled and emailed and like ordered from Amazon and like tried to like figure out how we were going to make this new clip on earring. Like nothing is just mine alone, which is, is good and bad, but the shared problems, that's really, really nice. And I never had that before. That was something that was, I did not have that kind of support. And it was not, and it's not that my first husband was a bad person. It's that that was not our expectation. We were independent people. And, oh, you have a problem? Sucks about your problem. Yeah. All right. So my one lesson of being single is, because I know most people that are listening to this are in a relationship or aspiring to be in one, is you better love yourself enough to be single and secure enough to be single before you ever try to get in a relationship because if you're insecure in a relationship it is horrific and terrifying and ultimately i think unfulfilling so pull your bootstraps up know yourself before you attach yourself to another human being for the rest of your life because you know 50 years is a long fucking time don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> because all right. That's well, just that's going to make the ride longer. That's... Don't take yourself too seriously. No, but it's... take yourself seriously enough to know. No, it's going to be... take yourself seriously enough to know that marriage is. It is very difficult to be in the presence of people who do who take themselves too seriously. All right, don't we're... take yourself too seriously. We're going to order pizza. Good night. Bye. <laughs>